Today I'm with Benedetta Capellini, Professor of Marketing at the University of Durham. And you've conducted research into the ways that grandparents and particularly grandmothers are influenced by this new trend in intensive parenting that a lot of parents are going into. Could you just describe your research? Yes. So um, this is a research that I conducted with Dr. Vicky Harmon and Dr. Michelle Webster. So it's not just me that have done this research. Um, we studied uh, mothering and parenting for uh, quite some time. And one question that um, came along in our research was to find out how other adults that gravitate around the children might be influenced by intensive parenting. So what is intensive parenting? Intensive parenting is um, a new way of uh, parenting that started in the US in the 90s. And it's this idea that the need of the child have been expanded. And it's not just a physical need, but we're talking about the emotional, the cognitive need, and the child is at the center of the family. Uh, very little is said about the well-being, for example, of the parents. But everything gravitates around the priceless, innocent child that is beyond market value. So as I'm interested in marketing, what it meant for uh, consumption is that the child is then a project and parents have some, somehow to inject quite a lot of uh, financial resources and labor to make this child as perfect as possible. So the child becomes, if you like, a proxy of the parent's identity. If your child is very good at maths, is very good in sports, um, it seems that resonate with the idea that you are a very good parent, you are a very good mom, in fact, because intensive parenting, in fact, is much more related to mothering than fathering. This seems to be, um, if you like, a very privileged way of parenting because it's a parenting that, or mothering, happen to privilege women that have money and time to spend for their children. But it's also becoming a normalized way of parenting. So even parents that are less fortunate are nevertheless judged in relation to this new standard of parenting. What happened in our research is that there are some working class grandparents looking after middle class grandchildren. So we noticed a little bit of a class tensions here and grandmothers were reflecting about how different was in the old day when they were looking about their children and they didn't um, recognize all this intensity and all this uh, attention to uh, academic achievement in the way they brought up their own children. So they noticed that there was a big shift. Um, there were also some tensions uh, between grandmothers and their own children where they were looking after their grandchildren. But what we noticed is that these women were following the principle of being there but not interfering. So they were looking after the children, following rules that they did not agree with. So this is a really, in a, in a, in very few words, what what our research was was about. That's really interesting, Bernadette. Could you talk about the differences and perhaps the similarities between those who look after the children regularly 
and maybe those who see them less frequently? Yes. So what we notice is that, as I said before, all grandparents have the adhere to this principle of being there and not interfere. But the grandparents that look regularly after their um, grandchildren seems to have a much more complex relationship with their grandchildren. This doesn't mean that if you were looking after your grandchild only during the holidays, you, you were not uh, having a, a very strong relationship, but the way the relations develop was slightly different. So what we notice is that grandparents, that they look after their children regularly. And when I, when I talk about regularly, it could be daily, but also weekly. Um, they were uh, see themselves as protector. So they wanted to protect their children from harming themselves. And so there were quite a lot of um, risk management uh, practices. They were also educators and they were involved in um, uh, the schooling activities, but also the extracurricular activities, even if they didn't agree. And that's an area of tensions. So some grandparents were said that they did not enjoy doing homework with their grandchildren, but they had to. Others refused to do it. So they say, we don't want to do it. I had this with my own children and I don't want to do that. So that was an area of, of tension. They are playmates. So they do also activities that the parents might not even be aware of. There are some doing some leisure activities that could be very simple one, going to the allotment, walking the dogs in the park, baking or doing something in the garden. And this is the probably the aspect of grandparenting that all enjoyed the most because they were the one where they could um, show or develop their own agency. They didn't have to report back. And report back is a term that one grandparent said to their children. And also they see themselves as confident. So uh, they can have sometimes some little secrets with their grandchildren. So these four, if you like, um, way that uh, have described grandparents, so as protector, educator, playmate and confident, are the one that we observe in grandparents that look regularly after their grandchildren. The one that do not look after their grandchildren so regularly, they don't see themselves as educator and confident. So they don't see themselves as involved in the academic life of their children because they don't have that regularity. And uh, because they don't have that kind of regularity, they don't have this um, bonding around sharing secrets with grandparents. When it comes to sharing those secrets, do you think sometimes they're sharing secrets that the parents wouldn't like very much? Is it almost like yeah. conspiring with the grandchildren? Yes, they do. And one area where this has happened quite a lot is food, right? So uh, grandchildren and grandparents have their little secrets about treats, chocolate, and something that they don't want to report back, as, as I said, one of uh, um, uh, our participants say to, to the parents. So yes, there is quite a lot of that. There was a particular case of a um, a grandmother telling us about one time um, her uh, grandson um, downloaded a game in uh, his phone and he was not allowed to and she didn't know and when the the father came to pick the child up 
he was really surprised and was really upset that he had that game. And the grandmother, rather than say, this has happened without me knowing, stepped in and pretended to know about it, that she knew about it, and pretended that she agreed with the grandson that it was okay. But what she said was that then she had a word with the child on her own. So she defended the child in front of the father, but then she um, she had a little word with, with the child on her own. So there is a lot of, quite a lot of this, little secrets going on, yeah. How do you think the role of the grandmother has changed then? Are today's grandparents likely to rely less on their own instincts than previous ones? Yes, they have to, as I said before, follow some rules that they don't agree with. So um, this notion of intensive parenting is centred around concerted cultivation. So the child has to be somehow always stimulated, the child has to learn new skills and needs to be successful. And many grandmothers rather believe on natural growth. This idea that as long as the child is well, the child will thrive and the child will be successful. Um, despite the fact disagreeing with that, most of them um, tend to go along with what uh, they, the children decided. So there was a case of a um, a grandmother that um, was asked to take her uh, little um, granddaughter to a sensory classes. She didn't like it. And she said that she was also not particularly welcome in, uh, in with the other mothers because being much older, she didn't feel very comfortable in that situation. But nevertheless, she stick to it and she took the uh, granddaughter to, to the class for two terms. And what she was saying, she kept saying to us is I'm doing this for her not for myself so there is quite a lot of sense of self-sacrifice that some of our participants are are talking to but in 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 other area there is quite a little bit of resistance so it's an interesting balance between what you give in but also what you decide to to keep as as your own ideas and principle to um to be with with children but going back to your question most of them talk about how different children are in relation to when they were parents so and that's the interesting part the interesting part of our research is that they they see their roles have changed because is now a very different understanding of what is a good childhood and what means to be around children. So do you think your grandmothers feel more protective and also perhaps more worried about the dangers that children might face? They are quite worried about uh, something happening to the grandchildren when the grandchildren are under day watch, as one grandmother said. So there was a little bit of that. And of course, because intensive parenting is really around managing risk, these women have quite interiorized quite a lot this idea of protecting the children. Um, some of them bought um, particular equipment um, to, um, to make their home safe. And this was an area of tension with, with some participants in relation to what kind of equipment to buy. 
what kind of brands was the right brands to buy. So what happened is most of women decided to buy exactly the same equipment that their children had at home, even if it was more expensive. Others that they didn't ended up with some sort of um, argument. And so there was a case of a grandmother bought the wrong car seat. So she thought it was a perfectly good car seat, but her daughter was quite unhappy about it. So what happened is she had to wait for quite a long time before using that car seat. And as she said to us, there was nothing wrong with that car seat, but um, we just had to had to uh, get along with 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 mum and as she said mum knows best so she was keeping um adhering to uh, a daughter principles despite the fact she disagreed with it sounds as though grandmother and mother were both rather anxious yes so do you think there are ways in which this new trend of intensive parenting might be harmful to children I haven't done any research on that and I'm not an expert on children, but what I can report back is what grandmothers are um, were telling us. So what they were saying was that um, their own children were much more independent at the same age of the grandchildren. So they were saying, for example, that the children could walk unsupervised to the corner shop to school, they could play unsupervised uh, in the park. So they had much more independent and autonomy. The grandchildren don't. So they all say that the grandchildren never walk alone and they all be uh, driven by parents or grandparents to particular extracurricular activity or to school. So they are never completely unsupervised. So they noticed that that was a big difference. And also they noticed that grandchildren have quite a lot of extracurricular activities before going to school. And as one grandmother say, children are supposed to know an awful lot before going to school. So they were really aware of the pressure that parents and the grandchildren are, are going to at the moment. In the, on one hand, making their children really well skilled and well developed but on the other hand in sometimes overprotecting them you seem to be saying there's quite a lot of emphasis on educating the children do you think that gets in the way of just having fun with them yes a little bit <laughs> so the grandmothers they were saying that there are lots of um, scheduled extracurricular activities that the children have in their diary and most of them operate as a taxi like a grandmother say to us. So they're taking the children to this um, various activities and they don't have much of a say. So these activities are selected by the parents. So grandparents simply are taking the children to these uh, extracurricular activities that could be um, some sports. Uh, but I remember one uh, grandchild um, was learning uh, some extra languages. Uh, so they are taking children to this activity, but they don't interfere with them. What they seems to have uh, fun with the children are what are leisure activities they can do on their free time. And this is the part where grandmothers enjoy the most. But some of them are very mundane. 
but they are quite interesting bonding activities with with the children. So it could be um, going to the allotment and showing to the children how vegetables can be grown, uh, but also going to the cinema. One grandmother would say that she's the only one in the family that taking the grandsons to the cinema. And the, the movie are horrible, as she would say. I don't enjoy them at all, but it's our tradition, it's our activities that I'm doing with them. And on that type of activities, parents don't interfere. So it seems that the grandmothers have much more of a freedom to decide. So they still have fun with the grandchildren, um, to go back to your question. But um, outside uh, the extracurricular activities and, if you like, in the moment when the children are, are free. You talk to quite a lot of grandmothers of different kinds with different age children. What conclusions have you drawn so far? One thing that really emerged from our research is that uh, talking about grandmothers is quite difficult because in our sample, we have uh, grandmothers that are in the mid-40s, but also women that are in the 70s. Some are um, working full-time, others are retired. So it's, it's a very different type of, type of scenarios. But all of them are really um, very passionate and really want to be a present into their grandchildren's life. And most of them are, are saying also that they, the way they spend time with the grandchildren is very different to the way they spend the time with their own children. So most of them talk about um, the right to spoil their grandchildren, um, the right to having fun with them, and the right to uh, step out some more difficult roles. So being an educator, for example. So there is a little bit of a pick and choose, if you like, attitude of, of um, being a grandmother, but with the overall understanding of being there and no interfering. One other conclusion is much more of a structural conclusion that a micro one is that grandmothers are also there to support the uh, children because of the uh, very high cost of childcare. Uh, despite the fact that some of their children might have a professional occupation, they might be with good salaries, they still struggle to send their children, for example, full time to nursery or uh, to have somebody looking after the children after school. So grandmothers are also there to uh, provide a financial support to this family. Not, none of them were um, asking money to their, to their children for, for looking after um, the children. So it's also a way to support their own children. Benedetta Capolini, thank you so much for your insights. And next time, we'll be hearing from people talking about their grandmothers and how far their experience reflect what Benedetta has been finding out.